0: Listening to the Elim Church Northampton podcast. This message was recorded live as part of our regular Sunday service. We know that this is a great investment into your life, so tune in and give it a listen. For more information, visit elimnorthampton.com. Acts eight. Let's read from the Bible in Acts, New Testament. Let's read to you from Acts eight twenty six. As now, angel of the Lord said to Philip. Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on the way, and he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury, which, means, uh, which was a part of the queen of, of the Ethiopians. The man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in a chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip up to come and sit with him. This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they were traveling along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the Ethiopian unit went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the unit did not see him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. How many of you today have come in church rejoicing? How many would like to go out rejoicing? How many would like to follow Jesus and have seasons of it rejoicing? You know, know, many times we talk about how hard it is in in this world and it is tough. And when you come to Christ, it's still as tough, but we have God to help us. But you know, there are seasons in your life where you actually can experience joy of being a Christian, of God's blessing on your life, and, and we want more of that. and so, as I read this passage for today, some of the things um, uh, really spoke into my mind. So my question to you today is that how can you keep your walk where you still have joy in your life, following Jesus? What are the clues in this passage, what this Ethiopian experienced because at the end of his journey from meeting from Jerusalem to the waters of baptism. He ended up rejoicing. And that's what we want to do. But there are some key steps when you look to this passage of how we can maintain our joy and also keep our house, because we are the church, the people are the church, not the building, how we can keep this house following Jesus and receiving the joy of the Lord. You know, it's interesting to know that when you read the end of it, he said after Philip did what he needed to do, the Holy Spirit took him out of the way of him and the and it says the eunuch saw him no more. So so what what keys, what things did the eunuch have to lean on to keep his walk with God with joy flowing from it? When you get through the waters of baptism today, there are some keys in your life that you're gonna have to keep in your life so you can keep experiencing the joy of the Lord. If you've been through the waters of baptism, if you've given your life to Jesus, these keys will apply to your life too and my life if we're actually going to see the benefit of the goodness of God in our life. And so what did the eunuch lean back on from his experience from Jerusalem to the waters is what I'm going to give to you. So some simple things that you're going to have to keep in your life if you are going to experience the joy of the Lord and the blessing of God in your walk with God, even through hard times. The first thing in verse 27, it tells us that he came from Jerusalem. In other words, he went to church. Did you know that he made a round trip, a trip of 200 miles to get to Jerusalem so he could go with the gathered people of God and worship God? If you want to keep your walk with God flowing with joy, you've got to keep coming to church. Come on, say amen. It's great to see so many in the house today. I know it's tough parking, but thank you for coming. But if you want to keep the joy of God... and and keeping yourself on the cutting edge, you cannot forsake the gatherings of God's people coming together and meeting together. It's absolutely crucial in your life. And so gathering together, coming to church is massive in your life if you want to keep the flow of God going. Number two, verse 28. He says, On the way home, listen, "as as he came out of church, on the way home, he was sat in his chariot reading Isaiah. What's the second principle? You have to keep reading your Bible. It's no good just coming to church, listening to me or somebody else preach the Bible. When you leave church, you've got to still keep reading your Bible. This was a guy that never experienced God fully and he's reading the book of Isaiah. Come on. And so I want to, number one, Go to church. That's great. You've got to keep coming worshiping fellowship. Number two, keep reading your Bible when you leave church. Daily bread. Get your daily devotions in so you can keep feeding yourself with the Word of God. How many you know yourself, if you only live on Sunday lunches, you'd lose a lot of weight? <laughs> many churches only actually, many people in church only live on a Sunday dinner. The Word of God now. But when you leave Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're on a fast from God's word. And no wonder wonder when Sunday comes around again, you feel deflated. You don't want to continue this walk with God. Why? Because you've, you've got no nourishment from the living word of God in your life. And so if you want to grow in God, if you want all the things that God wants to bless you with, come to church, read the Bible after church. Third thing, verse 31. He said, how can I understand this unless someone gives me some help? what's the key he had a teachable spirit when you lose your teachability you lose your joy and your walk god will go downhill because you become arrogant and proud And so you have to keep a heart of saying, I need to learn from somebody. I need to get around somebody that can help me go further, faster in my life. He had a teachable spirit. It wasn't just about a Sunday gathering. He wanted to go to Alpha. He wanted to get connected to a life group. He wanted to go to Freedom in Christ. He wanted one-to-one meetings over coffee, asking to feed his faith and asking for wisdom for how to manage this walk with God. Number four, is that okay? Go to church. Read your Bible, open your heart to be teachable, to learn, to grow in the things of God. Number four, he invited Philip to get beside him to sit with him. He invited somebody in his life to help him in his journey. Now listen, he didn't just invite anybody. He invited somebody that would help him take him further in his walk with God than he could have done on his own. And in any kind of arena, business, sport, training, if you want to grow, you've got to get around somebody that's gone a bit further than you or knows a bit more than you so you can accelerate to be better. How do you think that's, that's not going to work in the Christian walk? If you just hang around people that knows what you know, you'll never grow. You have to get around people that's gone further than you that can actually input your life so you can grow in his life. It's really important who you allow to sit beside you. Not, in, not now, don't look at the person next to you. Because he invited him to sit beside him. I want to tell you something. You can go to church, you can read your Bible, you can have a teachable spirit, but you hook up with the wrong people, your life's going downhill. Because the company you keep will determine your future. The Bible says, listen, bad company corrupts good character. I'm telling you, and he, so he, he was wise in who he allowed to sit around next to him. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, listen to this, or take or sit in the company of mockers. Wow. If you're sat next to a mocker in your walk in life, you'll end up being a mocker. Come on. I want to tell you, you look at your life right now. Look at your friends. Look at the people you do life with. You, you will begin to understand that what they carry, you will give out. Unless you're walking with people that can sharpen you and challenge you and encourage you, then your life will be stunted. So I want you to look at the people you're sitting with in your life. Some of you need to change positions in your life. You need to change the company that you're walking with because that company is killing your faith and your walk with God. And so it's important that who you allow in your life. Seven things the Lord hates. Two of them are, in Proverbs 6, a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. If you are walking with a lion, someone that's always causing you trouble, that's the reason why you're miserable. Am I talking too much truth this morning? Or too much common sense? Because some of you know you're, you're running with the wrong people. You need to be walking with peacemakers, not troublemakers. Oh, I better change the subject. <laughs> and so I want you to know this part is so important because I'm nearly finished. I've got nine minutes. Oh, brilliant. So what, what kind of people do we need to look for? You know, because everybody's not perfect. It doesn't mean somebody get rid of all our relationships. But what I'm saying to you is the people that you allow nearest into your life, who have your ear and you have theirs, will either help you or not or hinder you in your walk with God now, I'm talking about. And so I've got all kinds of people that I have a relationship with in life, friends and stuff. And I, 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 some people cannot help me in my walk with God, but, but that's fine because I don't ask him for that help. I know where my limitations is. So I can have all kinds of friends. But when I want someone to help me walk with God, I make sure I get next to somebody that's gone a little further, a little faster than I have. Because I want to get sharpened. I want to be able to manage the next season. So what do we need to look for? Let's have a little look at Philip's life because it's important that he invited Philip to sit next to him. And I'm looking for Phillips and and other people, men, women, who have the same kind of, of attributes that we want to look for, who we allow close to us? The first thing was in Acts 6, this same guy was waiting on tables serving widows. He was chosen by the apostles to actually wait and serve widows. No task was too small for this fella. He served to meet the need of the moment. He wasn't a signs and wonders minister at this moment. He came from Samaria seeing signs and wonders and miracles and evil spirits leaving people and miracles happen. But before he before got to that stage, he was good at administration and serving food to the widows. He had a pastor's heart to meet the need of the day. And so he was willing to serve where the need was. You need to look for people who just doesn't want the, the big stuff, the firework stuff that's willing to meet needs when they arise. That's the heart that you want to look for. Number two, he could hear the voice of God. Let me tell you something. This is really important for any Christian if they're going to really su- succeed in their life. You have to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It says that the Spirit spoke to Philip. We're talking about the Holy Spirit now. There's all kinds of spirits operate. He's talking about the Holy Spirit of God that spoke to Philip to leave a revival to go to the desert. And if you you don't get learned to listen to the voice of God, then you're not really going to make the things of God. And so the voice of God will always, always confirm the Word of God so you don't get distracted or deceived. The Word of God will always confirm that voice of the Holy Spirit in your life to know if it is God or not so he could hear God. Number three, yes, he was willing to leave a revival to go to the desert after one person. He wasn't after fame. His goal wasn't the limelight or the platform. He was willing to leave amazing ministry to go to the desert for one man. I want to be after people like that, that's not interested in the fireworks of ministry, but's willing to be unknown for a season after being known. Wow, what character! And sometimes sad in the Christian life that everybody wants to be known. Why? We need to make Jesus known, not ourselves. And as soon as we start making ourselves known above Jesus, we're in trouble. And so I want people that wants to make Jesus famous, not ourselves. And who is willing to step down from a platform of fame to go to a desert from being known to unknown. That's the kind of people I want in my life. A a person that wants God only. And not the applause of people. So he was willing to leave a revival to go to the desert for one man. And and another one is this is amazing. He not only knew his Bible, he knew Jesus. Wow. You know, there's a lot of people know their Bible, but they don't know Jesus. The Pharisees knew their Bible, but they didn't know Jesus. Now you need both. You need to know your Bible and you need to know Jesus. Because the Bible should point you to Jesus to be more like him. Amen. And so it's not just knowing your Bible head knowledge. You've got to know Jesus because the Word takes you to the living Word, which is Christ. And, you know, Matthew's Gospel, it says, Jesus replied, you are in error. He says to the relig- religious leaders of the day, you're in error because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God. Wow. Isn't that amazing that the religious leaders of the day did not know the Scriptures? That's why you've got to read your Bible because you've got to know the Word if you're going to be fruitful in God. And then he says this as well, John 5. You study, Again, to the religious leaders, you study the Scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. He says, these are the very Scriptures that testify about me, Jesus said, yet you refuse to come to me and have life. Oh my goodness, that tells me that you can know your Bible and still be dead in religion. Because the only way you come alive is through Christ. Because he said, who is this talking about? The prophet or somebody else. And he said he started with that very passage, telling him about Jesus. It was only that when he met Jesus that he came alive. Not church, not just the Bible, but when he met Jesus. That's the difference with our faith. It's not just about the religious routines, it's that when you meet a real person called Jesus, where your life gets transformed, amen. Amen. And so we're going to get baptised, that you're going to get baptised, not because you go to church or you read your Bible, it's because you've met Jesus. And when you hear the stories later, it's because Jesus changed your life. He's a real living God and He's alive today. And so He not only knew the Scriptures, He also knew Jesus, Fourthly, he, I've put this and I've got two minutes and I'm going to finish on time. He not only taught him the scriptures, he also helped him in the steps of obedience. Wow. No, he doesn't tell him what he needs to do, he helped him do it. Isn't that awesome? It says he got him and he helped him every step down into the water and he helped him in his obedience to God. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Listen. are religious leaders are putting heavy loads on people, religious rules and regulations. And Jesus said this to them: They tie up every loads and they put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move and help them. See, that's the difference with religious people. They'll quote the scripture at you of how you should live, but they're not willing to roll up the sleeves and help you live it out. If you're around somebody that's always quoting scripture at you and leave you stranded, you don't want to listen to them anymore. You want them to say, This is what the Bible says. How can I help you fulfill that for a season in your life? That you get alongside them and do whatever you can to pour in their life, that they will then walk in obedience to Jesus. That's our life. They were not here just to preach it, people, but we'll to help them live it out. And that's what he did. And then finally say, Amen. I'm gonna land this well. The last thing was, and this is really important for you today, he, he knew his limitation. He taught him about Jesus. He helped him take the steps of baptism, and then he never saw him again. <laughs> There'll be letters now, this, this church doesn't love me. The Holy Spirit took him away, by the way. Why? Because God didn't want him to rely on one man. Because that one man can become God. And when God removes relationships out of your life, it's for your good because you need to trust Him. Thank God for the people that He sends you to help you for a season, but they're not going to be there forever. Because we have to trust the Lord and thank Him for His goodness. And so He knew His time. I want to tell you, you cannot carry somebody's burden forever. You cannot be their God. You only can help them for a season in their life. And so don't try and be Jesus to everybody, that you are going to be there till ever because the Lord might just remove you. And then what happens to the person? Because God wanted this man to stand on his own two feet when his mentor left him. You know, you haven't got the skill to give everybody what they need for their life. You can't be their marriage counsellor, their financial advisor, their counsellor. You haven't got all the skills for that. We need different people with different gifts to help me in my walk with God. And so when God brings you somebody to help you in your walk of baptism, and then God moves them, don't get angry. Just look for a new mentor to grow in your life. If you're struggling in your marriage, find somebody that's good at marriage. If you're struggling in your finances, find somebody that can manage their money well. You see? Because not not everybody's got everything lined up well in their life. And so what he, he knew his limitations. And then the last step, 15 seconds. Wow, that's an amazing sermon. We can add 10 seconds to that clap, Lee, because that stopped me preaching the last point. The last one is the most important. He was willing to obey the Word of God. So you can do all those things. Listen to me. Go to church, read the Bible, or have a teachable spirit, get the right people in your life, but not willing to obey God. And here's what I like about this scripture. He said this, What can stand in the way of me obeying God And being baptized. So many Christians allow things to stand in their way when it's ready to obey Jesus. For some of you in this room, what stood in your way right now for some of the things that God spoke to you about that you know that you have to obey him, but things have got in the way? But this guy said, I'm not allowing anything or anybody to get in my way to take the next steps of obedience. And he stopped the chariot and then he got out and then he got baptized. The guys that's coming to get baptized today, well done. That you've had many challenges over the last few weeks. I'm telling you. The devil and other people have tried to get in your way, but you've been determined. I am coming today, no matter what happens, and I'm taking the next step of obedience. And I want to tell you what happens after obedience. What follows? Joy. Joy always follows obedience, it's not the reverse. Always follow. So let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for the easy steps to be flourished in our walk with God. He went to church. He read his Bible in a teachable spirit. He made sure that he sat with the right people and he took the steps needed to be obedient to God's word. Father, I pray for every candidate in this place that's going for the waters of baptism. I pray, Lord, that when they come out, they will just be filled with the joy of the Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the plans that you have for them. Plans, Lord, to do amazing things with Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for those that may be in the room and online, that you know that God has spoken to you through his word and through sermons and through the voice of the Holy Spirit. And and you know that he's been speaking to you about doing some things that follows the word, but you've allowed things to get in the way. Can I ask you to be determined? Come on. Be determined to follow Jesus with all your heart. Listen, do what he says above everybody else's voice in your life. And I guarantee you, as you take steps of obedience, the joy of the Lord will fill your life. So Father, we bless those people, bless those in the room, and also those online. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen.